Hey everyone, and welcome to the South Carolina Grower Exchange Podcast. Every week, agents, specialists, and growers from around the state chat about what's happening in the field and discuss the latest crop weather, insect, disease, and weed issues, as well as timely reminders and information related to fruit and vegetable production in South Carolina. Remember, you can read weekly field updates and register for upcoming events by visiting the SC Grower blog at sccrower.com. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this episode of the South Carolina Grower Exchange. We are happy that you are tuning in with us this week. We've got several agents from all different parts of the state, so we'll just get right into our crop dates, crop updates for the week. Um, So I'll start with my area, again, Aiken, Edgefield, kind of the middle part of the state. We are kind of dry right now, which is really surprising. We've had basically flooding rains here and there, um, but haven't had anything except for some very spotty areas. Um, Haven't had really much rain, so that's causing some issues as far as inconsistencies in water seeing lots of nutritional issues and also things like blossom end rot and uh, other issues like that with our peppers, some in the tomatoes, but mainly our bell peppers. Um, We're kind of wrapping up our first summer crop right now. It's just very hot and that crop has exhausted itself, getting ready to get into the second half of the summer. Um, crop and also laying plastic and getting things ready for our fall plantings. As far as peaches go, we're still picking. Uh, We're kind of getting close to the end of our season, probably by the end of this month or the very first week in August will be done. Um, Yeah, not a great peach crop this year, but, you know, we're still holding on for a couple more weeks. Uh, Zach, how about what's happening in your area of the state? Yeah, it's very similar to what's happening um, there. It's super hot, super humid. Um, seems like everything's coming in right now, but kind of tailing off um, because of the heat and humidity. Every every disease and insect and you know whatever else is jumping on them. And, um, so I don't think the season is going to last much longer. Commercial tomato crop is done. Most of your watermelons here are done. Um, and growers are busy, you know, cleaning up fields if they're going to reuse plastic. Um, some have already planted watermelons behind the tomatoes um, for a fall crop of watermelons. And um, a lot of folks are laying some white plastic so we can get down some you know, early season squash and greens and stuff like that. But um, for the most part, um, everybody's busy, you know, either either going, you know, finishing up the crop or preparing for the next crop. So. All right. Thanks, Zach. Um, Philip, what's happening in your area? Good morning, everybody. Everything in my area is kind of just like uh, yours and Zach's. We're picking uh, peas and butter beans right now with uh, yields looking pretty good. Um, All machine harvest. Uh, Cucumbers are hit or miss right now. Unlike unlike Sarah, Calhoun County and Orangeburg County have been unseasonably wet. Um, And we've had some torrential downpours the last two weeks of five inches of rain in 30 minutes. 
um, bottoms of fields look like ponds. It's it's a it's a nasty situation right now. Uh, disease is jumping in cucurbits, uh, pythium, downy mildew, um, squash are finally uh, finishing up in most of our areas. And just like Zach, our tomato crop uh, is on the way out as well. But it's been a bumper crop. Um, seen a lot of spider mites in them this year, um, as well as uh, Althea rothsii, a lot of uh, southern stem rot. Um and some hornworm, but nothing nothing to write home about. Uh, watermelons are finally coming off in good good quantities uh, with good size and yield. Did see a lot of splitting this year uh, compared to last with the massive amount of rain. Um, very little in the way of disease other than a little bit of uh, uh, fusarium. Uh, other than that, everything's finally starting to taper off getting ready for the fall all right thanks andy how about what's happening in your area like philip said we had a lot of rain um four or five inches at a time uh week before last and all kinds of diseases so we've got major and these are all major farms um a large outbreak of uh anthracnose on pepper we had a uh, unusual thing in squash. I thought it was maybe fusarium ended up being, and I could smell bacteria, but a lot of times like the bacteria will come in after other fungal issues, but they didn't find any pythium or phytop or anything like that, but they ended up finding um, uh, the Irwinia, which is the bacterial wilt, which y'all know is transferred through the cucumber beetle. And they also found one that I wasn't familiar with, something about something vine decline. It's a new, it's a different bacteria that uh, the squash plants, once they first really start to set on the, the crop, um, other bacteria. But anyways, between these two different bacteria, it's causing major losses and uh, pretty significant. It's about a 60 acre field of squash. Um, tomato wise, I had an interesting situation. We, I knew we had some bacterial wilt, but I could tell that, that the system looked different than what it normally did. And sure enough, Philip ended up being um, southern stem blight. Uh, what's odd is it didn't have the, the typical uh, mycelium symptoms at the base of the plant. Uh, I just had the stem collapse, but it wasn't collapsing. On, you couldn't see it blackening on the outside like it normally does for bacterial wilt. So I knew it wasn't a typical... Um, so we're looking at some other treatment options there, I'm playing with a couple different things. Um, finding obvious symptoms, um, same farm, different field in pepper, but it's so weird. It all came from that four or five inch rain. So we're trying to go through insurance to try to get them as much help as we can, um, which y'all know the diseases aren't don't qualify, but obviously the excessive rain all at one time does. And all of our stuff ended up happening right after that. So there's no doubt to me that it was a big part of that, um, those declines that we're seeing. Um, peaches, we're still picking some, although very little overall. We pick Contender, we're picking Crest Haven right now. Um, Monroe will be after that and then Big Red. We might go a little bit longer than Sarah. We might be middle of August if we're lucky with some of our September sun, um, but it's gonna be a much shorter year because we're picking everything early and. A lot of uh, cold damage in the seeds uh, is what we're experiencing. 
got two new growers with strawberries. Y'all might be interested. We're, I've got a full program and a PowerPoint worked up uh, for doing inline drip applications for fumigating for strawberries. We're having trouble for small growers getting the fumigation done. Uh, this is a uh, closed system, so uh, I'll be doing that on two farms. I've been working out the details on it. If any of y'all are interested, I'll advertise it to y'all. It'll probably be first September when I'll be doing that on at least one of those two farms. Um, but there's no gassing off or anything. It's not, from talking with Stanley Culpepper, it's not quite as effective as doing the knife injection um, at the different depths. Each fumigant does better at different depths, but it's worked very well. We've done it for three years on one farm. That's where I've learned how to do it. So, Andy, so you're, you're running Picklor 60 through the drip? Is that what you're doing? Yeah, that's what we originally used, but they've got a new formulation, PIC60 EC, and it's supposed yeah. to be better. I've never run it, but we originally ran just the, the PIC60, and it worked very well. Huh. I'm very using a double drip line though, which I think helps anyway. You know. Oh you yeah, know. I, I've I've started recommending that for strawberry growers. And there's no, I mean, there's no smell or anything. So as far as exposure, that's where you benefit. You we might lose a little bit on efficacy, but to me, a lot of these guys are we are experiencing the guys that aren't fumigating. Just the weed pressure is just. I had one new guy that didn't do anything this year. I gave him the pros and cons, and that's what he decided to do. Well, he's like, I'm doing something next year. There's no. <laughs> He, mm -hmm. until they experience having to pull all those weeds, you know, he didn't want to have to fumigate, but then when you're, you know, labor is a major part of that, you know, mm -hmm. so, anyway, that's all I've got. All right. Thanks, Andy. Uh, Bruce, how about what's happening in your area? Hey everyone. Uh, so like everybody else, uh, you know, we're right in the midst of, of heat and humidity. It's, um, yeah, everything was, um, well, I'm, most everything is still coming off is, you know, looking pretty good. You know, we got uh, disease pressures pretty moderate, uh, insect pressure is pretty mo moderate on almost everything. Um, blueberries, blackberries are starting to wind down. Um, peaches are definitely on the back end of, of it. Uh, you know, they're, uh, I, I think we're, we're just past the sort of the peak of them. And, um, uh, as far as vegetables, the, um, you know, squash, uh, zucchini, uh, cucumbers are, or, uh, slicing cucumbers are still coming in pretty good. Uh, pickling cucumbers have, have wrapped up. The, um, tomatoes are starting to wind down. Uh, peppers are really starting to come in strong. Okra is finally starting to come in really strong. It's uh, peas and beans uh, are coming in, you know, pretty good right now. Uh, you know, bean harvest looks really good. Uh, but with a lot of the, the heat and humidity that we've had here lately has, uh, has, has really, you know, kicked up the, uh, the anthracnose. I know um, they're on the, the heat tolerant bean project there at the, at the PD Rec. It's, uh, you know, anthracnose, even though we've got just an insanely strong spray program, uh, anthracnose has, has jumped on us um, again. So it's, uh, I mean, and, and just to show, you know, I mean, because of the strength of the program that we've got, I mean, you know, the, the anthracnose, you know, in, in the right, right conditions, right situations, you know, it can, it can push right on through even a, a pretty strong program. Um, on peas, Cucurlio is uh, has been you know widespread like always, but 
it's uh you know even on some of the the stronger uh, spray programs it's uh you know still seeing a, a fair amount of uh, cacurlio damage i mean you know we're talking you know 10 percent uh you know even on the strongest programs and which doesn't sound like a lot but you know on, on a on a crop that you know if if the grower is is shelling them themselves you know they can they can hide a lot of that damage but you know if they're selling them in whole uh, you know, everybody sees, you know, those stung up pods and, and, and it's like, oh my gosh, you know, it's, uh, you know, that, that, that they're just terrible. Uh, so, you know, 10, 10% damage on, on in whole is, uh, is, is pretty bad. You know, it's, it's, uh, it, it'll, it'll turn a lot of folks away, a lot of buyers away. But, um, uh, let's see, as far as weather, you know, our, you know, our uh, rain has been real spotty. It's uh, real streaky all, all around the PD. It's, uh, yeah, like, like Philip had said, down toward uh, Sumter, I mean, you know, had some just, just some, some gully washers down there. And, uh, you know, and like right along the coast, especially parts of Horry County, the, uh, I know over towards uh, Ainer and Gallivan's Ferry, there's uh, like a streak right through there. They've had almost 20 inches of rain over the last week. I mean, it's, it's, I was out there Friday and, um, I mean, you know, I think at the time they were, we were talking like 13, 14 inches of rain and, uh, you know, and I was out looking at some, uh, some damage to, uh, to watermelons and, uh, you know, it's, uh, it was, a it was a field of, uh, watermelons on, you know, as far as, uh, no plastic, they were on bare ground and then they were actually bedded. All the, the melons that were kind of up on the hill, yeah, you know, up on the bed that were were perfect. You know, looking really good. The ones that is down in the in the middles, you know, they they were they were they were showing some pythium, uh, you know, showing up on them or what appeared what appeared to be pythium. And uh, you know, just where the water was trying to stand down in the middles. Um but you know, I mean even then the um yeah, there was a thunderstorm that was brewing, you know, and, and I talked to the grower the the following uh, morning and uh you know he told me he said yeah he said time you left you know the, uh, about a five and a half inch rainfall rolled through again and so you know it's um it's 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 hard to um yeah to have any type of quality you know is with 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 fruits vegetables anything you know with, with that kind of rain and he, even if it looks pretty good in the field how is it going to hold up you know on the market you know as far as post harvest um so you know there's things like that you know it's, it poses a lot of a lot of difficult questions and um but uh other than that um let's see uh there the, the pd rec i've got uh well i, I mentioned it as far as the heat tolerant butterbean project but also i've got a dry bean project going on as well and on the dry beans uh you know it was it was interesting to see it was uh you know we've got nine different varieties all of them um yeah, are, are looking pretty good. It's uh, the um, I think two that really stand out that uh, I think have uh, just a tremendous amount of, of promise uh, is one is uh, the cranberry bean, uh, which kind of looks like a pinto, but it's a little bit bigger, kind of a, a little little different flavor profile. And uh, the small red bean is um, is you know are, those are the two real standouts. But pinto and and kidneys look really good as well. And then we've got some like navies and um, the um, uh, let's see, like the the donkey ninety five, uh, you know, the the large, you know, almost like a like a four hook type type butter bean. Uh, you know, they're 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 such a long season, 
uh, with you know with both of those, this uh, you know they're they're still blooming. They're just starting to sit on polish right now. Whereas the uh, you know a lot of the other ones have have pretty much uh, you know they're finished up finished up and drying down. So, um, but you know I, I think there'll be uh, some good information to come out of that. But I think that's about it. All right, great, thanks, Bruce. Uh, Rob, what's happening? Good morning, everyone. So, yeah, down in the low country, water, as with everybody else, it's hot, humid, variable amounts of rainfall. Watermelons are beginning to wrap up. Um, yield and quality, in spite of the rainfall and fusarium, will have actually been pretty good. One thing that I would urge growers to do um, as we move forward, yes, this year has been particularly bad for fusarium wilt. I would seriously urge you to consider for early plantings, split hedging your bets and splitting the risk by using some grafted plants grafted plants on carolina strongback this year have perform are performing very very well so if we can get a crop off that yes there's an increase in cost but is that cost any higher if we can maintain a harvestable crop than if we have to write the field off due to fusarium wilt so that's one thing to really consider right now in terms of disease management, um, the alternatives to tebuconazole, things like Inspire Super, have been working very, very effectively and helping to keep gummy stem blight as a manageable level. Anywhere where tebuconazole has been used heavily, disease control has been highly marginal at best. Otherwise, uh, pickling cucumbers are coming to harvest. Yes, we're seeing some pythium, and yes, we're seeing some downy mildew, as you, as you might expect at this point in the year. Um, but yeah, typically it's, things are starting to wrap up and plans are starting to come into place for fall crops. One thing that I'm getting a lot of calls about right now, as Sarah mentioned, is nutritional issues. Some of that may be due to heavy rainfall during the spring that's leave some of the fertilizer out through the zone. But I would also urge just to check where you bed, uh, if you're putting banded fertilizer applications down and then bedding, is making sure that that bed actually incorporates your fertilizer application. Otherwise, you may only be getting a 50% application rate. But I think that pretty much covers it for me. All right, thanks, Rob. Yeah, if you uh, are banding and you miss that mark, you might get some really nice weeds in your uh, row metals <laughs> but sounds like everybody has just gotten to the point of the year where we're all very hot and sticky uh zach said earlier that we're all trying to find some office work these days because i feel like i'm melting by 10 a.m but appreciate everybody thanks to all the agents for joining in um great update this morning and stay cool everybody can I mention one more thing, Sarah? Oh, yeah. Grapes. We had did not have good pollination on grapes at all. Um, we'll still make a decent crop, but uh, I guess the rain and stuff, we had like between 30 and 40 inches this year so far, but um, I don't know if Bruce is the same way, but uh, I didn't think about it until he went on. But uh, it's we're still blooming now, but we, I mean, the difference between our, our grapes that are formed and the and the, the ones that are blooming now, we're not going to, we don't have enough time to make them by the end of the year, but so it's going to be a little bit lighter year, uh, grape-wise, and I attribute some of that to that cold back in December, but then uh, some of it was just pollination during that rain uh, event, but 
just wanted to mention that. That's interesting, Andy, because uh, I've had a couple calls about the muscadine growers saying we're overcropped this year. They're going to have to go through and thin them. So Yeah, it could be quite different. Well, when you look yeah. at y'all's rain versus all, I checked my mom because she's in Charleston and y'all are at like 20 inches for the year. I'm between 30 and 40 inches, y'all, right now. Wow. Most of my state, the, with the thing you did in, you can yep. check like the Woodruff Station down in Woodruff at Swain Vineyards and check... Um, Green Acres, they're between 30 and 40, and it's wow. just nuts. I don't know why we've gotten so much more than y'all. That Y'all have been pretty dry down there. I normally wouldn't know, but I check because of my mom and dad, you know, down that way. Yeah, Andy, the um, uh, around the PD, the we had uh, some spots that, that had some poor pollination, and but I, I, I got to looking at it, and it seems like it's a little bit of a pattern with us it's, uh, you know, it was uh, some heavier soil, some lower uh, you know, uh, places, a little lower in the elevation, kind of a little bit of a saddle, you know, in a location to where uh, it, we didn't have as, as big a crop. But it with us, it looked like it was a little bit more cold damage than, than it was anything else. Because I've, I've looked at other other spots that were on some nice light sand that, um, you know, and, and that had a little bit of elevation, a little bit of roll to the landscape and. And it was, um, I mean, you know, and, and pollination was awesome. I mean, you know, it's, uh, I mean, it, you know, those, those, those vineyards are, you know, have a, a, a full crop. I, I wouldn't say over crop, but, but it definitely, you know, a, a full crop. Now, now, most of that is, um, yeah, most of that is, is wine grapes. You know, they're perfect flowered wine grapes. Um, yeah, I'm trying to think, um, I did see one uh, location that that did have some fresh market grapes that had some female, uh, you know, flower uh, muscadines in it. The um, and there were some pollination issues there. I don't rem really remember what the the soil type was. Uh, you know, it it may have been a situation that you know, I mean, because I know like what was it? I guess back in April we were like really cool for a while. Well, I'm you know April and. And may as well, and 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 that may have have had something, to, you know, kind of played into it. That extended bloom, very very much so. That very well could have done some of that. Work. All right. Well, thanks, guys. Again, appreciate everybody, and we will catch y'all next time.